0: Right. We are back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and we're about to have, to me, this is going to be a next-level conversation. Whenever I hear the words AI, I have to stop what I'm doing real quick, especially if it has something to do with healthcare like, or wellness. How does this all connect, right? And so in order for us to have the conversation, we need to speak with someone who's on the ground floor who's actually having the day-to-day interactions in this particular area. Uh, so joining me on the line is uh, Victor Brown. Welcome to Black Equity Podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, DJ. Really appreciate the opportunity to have a conversation with you on your podcast. And I'm really excited about having, having uh, more people find out about what we're doing in, X in Life. And as you mentioned, AI and how it plays a role in, in our journey.
0: Awesome. So you mentioned the company. Tell me a little bit about your company, and the the mission and purpose of the company?
1: Sure, Excellent Life is a digital health and wellness company where our mission is to improve quality of life by advancing wellness and in the process of doing that, make the world a better place. Uh, We use a very sophisticated technique for AI to essentially understand uh, a number of health factors. And we collect those factors via wearable devices, via other software applications, Having users to enter information into our application uh, directly, our mobile app or our software, we analyze that and it will provide them with insights. And as they get insights with where their health is versus where it should be, that creates some kind of behavior change that is usually to their advantage. But in order to increase that advantage, we also provide incentives. So we incentivize them to uh, live with healthier behaviors as a part of their life as they start to do that. We measure the results and we create that cycle where we, we provide information, we incentivize and we measure and ultimately uh, we're driving greater wellness.
0: I love it. I, I'm, I'm loving the way that you're uh, laying this down for us to kind of go through each piece of this throughout the course of this conversation. So my first initial question is how is this different than what most people are doing when it comes to wellness?
1: Yeah, great question. So uh, historically, when you're talking about wellness, uh, there's a kind of notion that this this is a uh, proactive thing. And and I guess wellness kind of is proactive, but it's very generalized. So when most people think of wellness, you're looking at kind of averages across the population. And on average, this is what you should do to be healthy. On average, this is where your uh, heart rate should be in order to be considered, you know, in a resting state, a healthy person, or if you're active on average, your heart rate should be in this range. And while they offer some level of value, it's not very specific to the individual. So a much better approach than a generalized approach is to be very personalized. And so we have the technology today that allows us to really look at an individual in their profile and really understand based on, who they are, where their metrics should be in order for them to be healthy and living the most optimized life. And so that's the difference in our approach is we're applying very uh, innovative technology driven by AI to understanding who that person is. And certainly it's good to understand averages. That's a part of it as well. But individually, what do you need to be doing to be healthy and where are you individually with regards to your health versus where you could be? And that is drastically different than what typically happens in any wellness company.
0: Now, another part that to me stands out is this idea of AI. Before we go into how that benefits your company, for those who don't know, I'm not expecting you to be an AI expert. <laughs> if you are, fine. But what exactly is AI and why should people know
1: about it? Sure. So AI is short for artificial intelligence. And essentially, uh, that is a characterization of software applications that are designed to mimic the human brain, mimic Mm -hmm. uh, the ability to understand a group of factors and then come to a decision based on those factors and become smarter as it analyzes more information. So that is essentially what artificial intelligence is. It can be used for a number of different applications that uh, really help to advance society. Now it's time to use it for the most important application and that's protecting human life. And that's what we're Ooh. doing. Okay. So how does,
0: without giving away the secret sauce, of course, Sure. how does AI and wellness Come together and have a perfect marriage with each other.
1: Right. That's a great question. Um, let me give you some context. It really helps to really make the answer to that question make more sense relative to my background. Before I started my path in healthcare, I spent 20 years in the energy sector. And I developed subject matter expertise for software applications that are dedicated to protecting critical infrastructure some of this infrastructure would be part of our national security. And I ask people, I give people this analogy, think about a nuclear reactor. Now, what if we said we're gonna let that nuclear reactor start to melt down and then go in and try to correct the issue? Would that be a smart thing to do? No. Not very smart. What would happen is that you would get catastrophic failure, loss of life, you know, billions of dollars in damage, it just would not work. Fortunately, we don't do that in the energy world and the way we operate is very proactive. That made sense to me. 20 years, it all made sense. Well, about seven years ago, when my dad was uh, diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I started to get more involved with health and wellness, and his health and wellness in particular. What I recognized is that, that there was a glaring opportunity in healthcare because healthcare is completely reactionary. The whole model is based off oh, I have a symptom now. Let me go to the medicine cabinet. I have a symptom now. Let me go to the doctor. I have a symptom now. Let me go to the hospital. That reactionary approach causes catastrophic failure in terms of outcomes. And there I was, you know, with someone that I love dearly, my dad, experiencing kind of the catastrophic outcome of dealing with the healthcare system and the tools that are available to to him and, and, and everybody. It's just not very effective. The way AI plays a role in healthcare, in the same way it works very effectively in other industries, is that the reason we don't get nuclear reactor meltdowns, because over the course of decades, uh, that asset and many other assets that are critical, we've collected a lot of data, a lot of information about those assets. So we understand when they're operating in a good way or when they're operating in a bad way when they start trending in the wrong direction, we have an opportunity to go in and perform corrective measures so you don't get catastrophic outcome, you don't get catastrophic failure. Well, the human body in essence is a very sophisticated electrical network and you have the same opportunity to understand the way the human body is working. The way AI comes into play is that for decades, in decades, it took us to kind of understand the nuances of different energy assets. And like, this is a kind of a, a motor instead of a, a light. And all of those different assets we can understand based on their electrical kind of characteristics. Well, now the human body, which is a little more sophisticated as kind of a sophisticated electrical network, we can leverage AI to understand that much more quickly. So we uh, we we capture the information from the human body and we run our algorithms against it powered by AI to start to identify those signatures that suggest, okay, now your body is operating in a good way versus now your body is not operating in a good way based on who you are as an individual. Oh, now we see your lungs are functioning properly because we've had enough information captured by our platform that the AI can understand it and start to, start to identify those signatures of good health versus bad health. So that's the process that we're going through and that's how it applies directly to healthcare. And it could be transformational in terms of where the healthcare industry goes when they fully embrace AI and the capabilities that we have with the technology.
0: Why do you think health? the uh, majority of people in healthcare have not embraced this technology like you have
1: well i think uh it's a function of just how society works is that mm-hmm. if you condition people to have lower expectation mm-hmm. then when you give them things that are you know at the lower level it's very accepted it's the norm and in healthcare, uh as an industry by design it's not designed to keep you from getting sick it's not designed to cure healthcare has historically made money on curing or treating sickness. And if you're sick, but they can make you live longer, they'll still treat you and they'll still collect money. So there are some, there are some systematic issues with why healthcare hasn't as a whole kind of lashed on to things that can be more preventive and actually cure disease. However, there's a growing mindset in healthcare uh with early adopters and 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 I guess trendsetters that understand that there's a lot of money for you know associated with wellness. And the difference is, is that you're collecting smaller amounts of money over longer periods of time for protecting health, but you're collecting that for more people and people are having a high quality of life. So it's a different paradigm. And I think when some of the key stakeholders really understand and fully embrace that paradigm, that business model, they're going to start raising the bar and communicating to people like, you know, the average, you know, consumer so that that bar is raised so that the average consumer expects more. And no longer will it be acceptable for the average consumer to go get medical treatment and continue to go through the same doors for the same problem for years and years and almost bankrupt themselves because they're having to pay for something that's completely treatable or curable. Um, those things will erode over the course of, you know, maybe, you know, a decade, 15 years, who knows, but we're on the right track to to see something transformational happen in healthcare.
0: How do you think your company can help businesses right now? Obviously, on Black Equity Podcast, there's going to be people who are entrepreneurs and investors listening in how if you're speaking with a a business owner uh who just got gone through this transition maybe they the company survived the pandemic maybe they acquired the company um just recently how how do you think your company could work hand in hand with uh another company or a business owner
1: sure so um key to the value that we bring to the table ultimately is driving wellness and when you have wellness in your group of stakeholders you have lower cost people sometimes don't understand the significance and the cost that you incur and that their stakeholders incur when you're not healthy every year there's about 1.4 trillion dollars of costs associated with preventable illnesses that happen every single year that's that's money that could be going toward a great cause that unfortunately has been eroded, just burned away from society. And every business that has an employee, that has employees, they bear a cost for covering their employees' healthcare coverage. And the more healthy their employees are, the, the, the less they're paying into kind of the system, the individual and also the corporations. So when we apply our solution to that environment, we lower the cost, we create greater vitality for the employee base, and ultimately you get higher profitability because you have employees that are not missing work, you have employees that are happier, more energetic, healthier. It's just a number of different things that uh, impact the business in a positive way that you get when you add wellness and you increase wellness to to uh, your in your environment.
0: Well, that, that's interesting. If you don't mind, I want to dive into that a little bit more. Um, a lot of companies are they they basically see their healthcare as or healthcare options, their benefits as an expense. They know upfront that. You know, we we need to allocate for these funds uh, to be available in case something were to happen as far as taking care of the copay or whatever the agreement is. What I'm hearing you say is, well, you know, instead of being reactionary, what we could do is diagnose and know where these employees are at this given time, be uh, have preventable measures and essentially, yes, you have healthcare with the company as an employee, but you may not necessarily need to use it as much because now you know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but now you know where you stand and the things that you need to do in order to, to be at uh, the best version of yourself. Am I hearing that correctly?
1: That's absolutely correct. Uh, on average, and there's a lot of research that shows this, there's about $2,000 of controllable cost for every employee uh, with regards to the healthcare coverage that the employer is typically paying a part of. So out of that $2,000 of controllable cost, you're not gonna be able to erode all of that cost or reduce all of it, but there's a great portion that you can reduce of that. With our solution, we believe that we can reduce up to $900 of that cost by taking a very proactive approach. So now, that scales up. If you're talking about a large-scale employer, that's about $900 a cost that they can basically send directly to their bottom line as a positive because we're removing that cost. And at the same time, they have the benefit of having a healthier, happier employee base that said work more, producing more, generating more value for the company.
0: So we're cutting costs on the actual healthcare expense then they're becoming more productive, which should increase revenues. So we're cutting costs, increasing revenues. It sounds like a win-win for everyone.
1: It is a win-win for everyone because ultimately our goal is to improve quality of life. And we're doing that for the employee, but for the employer, certainly their quality of life as an organization is improved as well because they're creating their cost and they're becoming a more profitable business. And so, yeah, the, the opportunity is there. And I think more people, more... Uh, you know, thought leaders are really understanding that they're going to have to be more proactive and use more innovation in helping to move our society where it should move. And excellent life is playing an important role in that.
0: So tell me about your journey with with your company. What was the process? I always like to ask this in case other entrepreneurs are listening and they may be in the healthcare uh, space. What was it like going from the beginning of this idea that you had to where you are now, um, what are some of the major hurdles that you've had and some of the major successes you've had?
1: Yeah, uh, wow, that's a great question. It's, and the answer is, uh, it was a culmination of events in my life. And, and uh, as a, a black man, there are certain experiences that you will have in this world that will be unique to a black man. And my parents always instilled in me the value of working hard and giving my best effort. And I had always done that. I had always performed wor- uh, well. When I worked in the corporate wor- uh, world, I uh, got off to a fast start. So I made six figures early in life in the energy world. You're compensated well. And I was hanging out in a crowd of people. And I'm looking around. And uh, I, w- I was traveling the world. And I would see people get on an airplane, elderly people. And uh, they'd be going to these cool places. It might be someplace in Europe. It might be Hawaii going on vacation, and I'm traveling for work, and then I'd be wondering, like, well, how come my parents are not able to do this, because they've worked almost 40 years as educators, but they don't really have the health to travel like that, and they don't really have the finances, so I started asking myself, you know, a very simple question, you know, why should my parents be afforded the opportunity in their retirement to travel in good health, travel to places that would be very, you know, rewarding for them to have that experience, but they can't afford it, and what I recognized was that uh, they just were falling victim and prey to a systemic you know, problem. And that systemic problem was that the pillars that create generational wealth in our country include, in my opinion, three things, politics, entrepreneurship, and the stock market. And in percentages, um, not many minorities are active in any three of those areas. And I started wondering, like, what can I do to really make sure that my family uh, have access to some of the things that would create generational wealth? Right. So I started thinking, like, entrepreneurship. You know, I have been working in the corporate world, been trained well by a blue chip company, and um, started working for startups. And so I'm starting to go down that path of entrepreneurship. And as I'm going down that path, and again, I mentioned my dad's health sort of changed with, you know, being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I just had an epiphany that everything I had been trained about and learned in the energy space that had prepared me for, you know, solving a problem could be directly applied towards solving a healthcare problem. But at the same time, I was still going down that track and leaping down that track of creating an opportunity to create generational wealth.
0: Mm. And
1: while money is not the driver for uh, the things that I do, because I don't think you can successfully travel down a path if money is your driver, because I've had so many hurdles to overcome. I've had so many sacrifices to make. It has to be something greater than that. So when I run into hurdles and when I travel the journey that I travel, there's nothing that will stop me from moving forward because I know that I'm on my purpose. And my purpose is that I want to ensure that when I'm no longer here, the world is a better place. And I also want to ensure that I'm doing everything I can to create some of these systemic problems. Well, to make sure some of these systemic problems are decomposed and destructed and, uh, reconstructed to where they're not systemic in a bad way but we can start leaving behind for our kids and for our kids kids a better system where it's more equitable and it's more inclusive and for me the entrepreneurial track is one way of doing that uh, it's a track that i feel that i'm trained and conditioned well to to uh, be successful at because i'm wired and latched and onto my purpose and I think that's the really most important aspect of how do you go through any journey in life that may be difficult because entrepreneurship is a very difficult role, especially when you're trying to do something that is innovative and kind of you know very ambitious. Uh, you have to be tied to purpose. Otherwise there'll be a thousand things uh, every, every, every week that'll make you quit. Mm-hmm. And uh, meanwhile, that's my decided advantage. Uh, I know that when I start down this path that there's nothing that's going to make me quit because that's my purpose.
0: I love that. So just, just transitioning for a second here, how have, cause I, I know how important uh, artificial intelligence is to the marketplace right now. How have investors responded to this this um, cohesion between AI and and healthcare and wellness. Uh, what kind of conversations are you having with investors? What type of investors would you like uh, to work with, if any? What is the conversation around investing? In yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, there's a lot happening in the realm of uh, artificial intelligence uh, and how it applies to healthcare. Um, if you look at how money is being invested in the space. A lot of it is on the operational side. So there are a lot of uh, kind of parts of the medical process that could be made more efficient by utilizing AI. So there's a lot of companies that are getting investment in that area. There's a whole other area, which is where Excellent Life operates that offers value and efficiencies uh, for actually treating people and understanding, you know, how our bodies are operating, which is a little more sophisticated application of AI. Um, there's investment there, but they consider those types of investments as um, things that are going come to come to fruition, you know, in, you know, uh, in a greater time span. Uh, so the operational investments that are going on in AI, I mean, they're happening now, they're offering value like right now investors that are operating in the area that excellent life operates in and i think it's the wrong notion because i know how fast we're moving and how we're offering value they have the notion that this is a this is a value that's going to be happening you know in the next you know five to seven years which i completely disagree with while there will be evolutions that will happen across the next five to seven years there are things that we can do right now the things that we are doing right now which is why this space makes it a prime area for, for getting investment. And funny as it is, there are other countries that are moving uh faster than the US in this area. Um, being in Nashville, you would think that, you know, that's kind of a considered a healthcare IT Mecca, mm-hmm.
0: uh, a lot of
1: money flowing around. It's been incredibly difficult to get a conversation going with some of the, I guess, the, the typical investors you see in Nashville. Um, I I think a lot of times it's met with uh, being dismissed because if this innovative idea, uh, you know, is not necessarily coming from someone in their same circles, it's easily, uh, more easily dismissed. I've had much more traction uh, talking to uh, maybe investors that are outside of the U.S. in some cases, especially outside of Nashville. Uh, We just got accepted into a program in Singapore.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: Uh, Thank you very much. And in this program, like I I had a great conversation with their managing director and he told me, he's like, um, hey, um, you guys are not as far along as where, you know, we would normally get involved in. Normally Mm -hmm. they're getting involved with companies once they come out of like the Y Combinator or the Techstars, which are kind of like the Ivy League versions of accelerator programs here in the U.S. And so this particular program gets involved after companies are coming out of their programs. And, but we continue to talk and he's like, you know what, you know, your background, your drive, you know, I connect with that really well. Let me meet your team. So uh, we had a follow-up call. He had a chance to meet our team and we, we're experts in what we do. We have been doing this all our lives. And um, he was very impressed. So he, uh, he welcomed us to be part of the program. It lasts from July through December of this year. And I started looking at some of their portfolio. And uh, these are companies, and he was very correct in saying that we are not uh, you know, at the level of progression that some of these other companies are at. They've raised hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars. They are they have a lot of kind of uh, you know, a lot of power and connection across the Asian market. But mm-hmm. I say it to say that um, yeah, we're talking to different investors. We're not being um received quite as well locally, which is surprising to me. And I think maybe I got to do a better job about telling my story, which is why it's great to be on your podcast. Of course, so that more people understand who we are and what we're doing. But yeah, I've had to go outside to get you know investors from you know or potential investors from other countries. Uh, we got our first round of outside capital from Birmingham. So yeah now it's a it's a track where we're going to raise more capital, we can continue to grow.
0: Well, I'll say this, and my opinion only worth whatever someone values it at. I've noticed as well that the international interest in American companies, especially Black American companies, is a lot higher than even potentially, I mean, we've got to put it out here, it's the truth that I've seen even potentially even Black people investing in other Black companies here in America. And so I've made a lot more friends in Brazil, Colombia, Singapore, uh, South Africa, Nigeria, um, the UK, because they actually are interested in what is being uh, cultivated here and the culture and all the different things that we have going on. So it may not necessarily be anything that you're doing wrong. I know you said, you know, get the message out. And of course, keep doing that. It just may be that now is the perfect time for Black Americans to team up with foreign investment and change the whole globe. And so it's it's something that I'm seeing consistently. It's not just you. I'm I'm noticing that uh, across the board.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very accurate assessment uh and i i layer on top of that assessment and uh um, yeah i hate to get too deep into the weeds here but like it is what it is it is what it is uh, if i was bringing to the table um a different type of company and there's nothing wrong with any type of company you may bring to the table but uh if it was a service based company um whether it's a, a restaurant whether it's you know uh you know, some kind of barbershop, whether it's, you know, something like that. I think it's Mm -hmm. easier understood and perceived that, um, oh, yeah, well, there's a possibility that, you know, this could happen. It could work. Right. I think it's much more difficult for some people to get their arms around um, a company like Excellent Life just bringing intellectual property to the table and developing something that's innovative and having global ambitions. When I bring it to the table, I think it's easier for people to dismiss that and Unfortunately, I think a lot of times, because of how our minds are conditioned even in our own community, that may even be harder for our own people to believe yeah uh, and we have to start thinking beyond the imagery that we get fed day in and day out and really understand the brilliance that we're bringing to the table because when you start to change your mindset, no matter what a person's ethnicity is, you can, you can start searching for, you know, the brilliance in, in how they present themselves or the opportunity how they present themselves. And you're not so conditioned to think it can't happen. It won't happen. Because in the same way you do that with someone um, that may look like you, um, you're also kind of doing that to yourself as well because those same belief systems are really being, you know, they're in you. You're just reflecting that. And so you have to get beyond, you know, the the point where you're, you know, you have to believe anything is possible and right. you have to believe that you have the power to do that. And so I have that mindset. I know that, you know, I can surround myself with incredible people, with talented people that are on their purpose. And if I bring that same energy, that same purpose, that same talent to the table, that there is no barrier that we can't, we can't remove. And uh, that's just the way I move.
0: You mentioned earlier on this episode about having uh, a global mindset. What do you, the the question I wanna ask is, do you believe that the way things are currently constructed, that you could, you could take what you're doing now and go into these other countries without, having to switch up too much like is it easily transferable to go to any country and utilize this technology
1: yeah uh there are regulatory things that are nuances from country to country sure they're not hard things to adjust for okay uh there are things that are happening in europe and in asia that actually would make exxon life maybe even a better fit because they're much more proactive in the way they address healthcare. Right, and in some cases, their healthcare is government kind of led. So when you're going in and you're getting deals in some of these other countries, they're much bigger deals. They're huge deals because they're being backed by the government,
0: mm. and
1: and so yeah, we're a good fit for that. Which is one of the reasons why you know we're getting into the program. Uh, we're getting into this right. based in Singapore. It's a financial hub that really is a cornerstone in how Asia operates you know there's a lot of money that flows through Singapore mm-hmm. and so they have a lot of corporate partners connections and they see value in what we're doing like while you know while their managing director really liked our team and we connected well he's a businessman he's not right. trying to he's not he's not about charity <laughs> so, right right he, he sees the opportunity that 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 we bring to the table
0: that leads me to Okay, so we talked about how this can help the individual. We talked about how partnering with companies could be uh, a really great advantage. But I think I'm also hearing about partnering with municipalities and government agencies. Am I hearing that correctly?
1: Absolutely, yeah, that's actually, uh, I'm talking with a partner that I have in Austin now. and We're uh, looking to present uh, a joint solution uh, to a major city in Texas. Awesome. And for every, you know, m- municipality, they have a cost, again, associated with health care. Right. Uh, they also have metrics that characterize the level of wellness in their community. And when their community is not well, it hurts them financially. So yeah. there's a heavy incentive for municipalities to better engage the community, ensure that community is healthier. And they're throwing money at it left and right. It's just how they do it in a much more innovative and effective way. And that's why Excellent Life is the perfect tool for a municipality or government to use.
0: Okay, so perfect. So we may have someone listening who is either a business owner. They may have some type of uh, direct access uh, to making a, or decision maker for a municipality or maybe an individual who's looking into this, trying to learn more, or maybe an investor. How do people collaborate with you? How do they partner with you? How do they invest in you? What is that process like?
1: Yeah, the first step would be let's just have a conversation and figure out how we can collectively benefit from moving wellness forward in society. And they can reach me uh, via email. Uh, They can go to our website, fill out a form. Our website is www.excellentlife.com that is excellent with an X, X, C-E-L-L-E-N-T, life.com. And yeah, once we get that conversation started, I found that many times there are always avenues to collab- collaborate in a mutually beneficial way.
0: I agree. Okay, so I'm excited that you are creating a more excellent life here on earth. You've, you've provided a way for people to collaborate with you. What are your final thoughts on the current state of healthcare and um, leveraging artificial intelligence, especially for a, uh, a potentially new investor who may not know uh, how this all works? Why should this be an area that they're paying attention to?
1: Okay, so a few thoughts. Healthcare as it exists today has to change. It's not sustainable. Uh, We're going to run into a situation where we're going to create a healthcare bubble uh, that will be worse than a financial crisis, worse than a housing crisis. And what's happening is that people are living kind of reduced quality of life because they're having to pay these enormous fees into the healthcare system. A large portion of those people can't afford it, so they're creating these debt bubbles. Well, if they can't afford to pay for that debt, they're living lower quality of life eventually that debt gets passed on and you create growing debt in society. It's not sustainable. So if it's not sustainable, there has to be a different path forward. That different path forward is gonna be layered in technology and innovation to ensure that the whole you know, process is much more efficient. And this is why with a high level of confidence, we can say artificial intelligence is gonna be a major part of that path forward. We can also say with a high degree of certainty, artificial intelligence is going to play a role in helping to protect human life uh, with our health and wellness as well. And for any investor that's looking to get into something in the early stages of evolution and growth, now's the time. Now's the time. There's, there's, there's certainly a lot of confidence that the technology that we're deploying as a part of our solution will be the technology that will reshape uh, the way the world operates, not just with Excellent Life, but other companies that are operating in the realm as well. Uh, it's here to stay.
0: Well, Victor, I want to thank you for coming on Black Equity Podcast. You mentioned something. Before we go, I want to make sure I uh, put on record here. It sounds like this is also a form of impact investing, where we're creating sustainability for our community. If that's the case, I wanted to make sure I said that because I want the uh, antennas of an impact investor who strictly only invests in impact to think, oh, well, maybe I need to pay attention to this episode. Maybe I need to pay attention to this conversation. Um, And maybe I need to pay attention to this company uh, now more than ever. So I wanted to make sure I throw that in there too. This is a perfect avenue for someone who has an impact investor mindset to say, you know what, this is a company I need to pay attention to. So thank you for mentioning that.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, we actually uh, were a part of the first inaugural social impact, I think, program that came out of the Entrepreneurial Center in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they have the program, but uh, yeah, Excellent Life was selected to be a part of that program. Wow. Uh, it was a good program. You know, I had a chance to meet a few people. But we are certainly a company that for impact investors looking to make a big difference in the world should certainly have a conversation with X and Life because that's what we're doing.
0: Okay, now I have a multi-million dollar last question before we head out. What's the best restaurant in Nashville? When I, go, when I touch down in Nashville, mm-hmm. where do I have to go? Where is the best restaurant for me to go to? Oh, man. So, yeah,
1: I, I had to, I had to ask i love the question and so i characterize myself as, as a recovering foodie uh the reason i'm a recovering foodie is because, because as i've traveled to track as an entrepreneur i don't have the means to eat the way i used to eat when i worked in the right. corporate world right so but every now and then i go to a place that's pretty cool there's a restaurant uh it's, it, i think it's in the Gulch area called etch okay uh etch is a really nice spot uh i had a great meal there uh I had my CTO in town with his wife uh, um, and uh, I was with my, my lady friend, we had a nice meal, but it was, it was really good. So I would suggest going to etch.
0: Okay. I'm writing that down. Etch. Etch. Victor, I want to thank you so much for coming on black equity podcast. I know how important this conversation is. The doors are open. If you ever want to come back, continue this conversation. Um, Now, more than ever, if people aren't paying attention, to what's going on in health and wellness, I don't know what else they need to pay attention. Uh, So this is a very timely conversation and I thank you for taking time out of your schedule uh, to sit down and talk with us today.
1: Well, again, I'm so appreciative to be a part of your program and I just wanna send a big uh, thank you to what you do uh, in general. with bringing awareness to uh, our community and people outside of our community for entrepreneurs and other businesses. Uh, You're providing a much needed service that is doing good in the world. So thank you for this platform. Thank you, Victor. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, take care. look forward to talking to you soon as well. Have a great day.